Well, good evening to all. It is uh, not quite evening here in Tyler, Texas. Seems like it though, because the day seems to be getting a little bit darker, a little bit more dreary, and a little bit colder as we go along. We've had some lovely weather here in Tyler the past few days. Very nice, sometimes clear skies, mild temperatures. It's been nice. Uh, but today, the temp's going down and we'll uh, be in the 20s tonight. I know for some of you out there, you're thinking, Bill, that's still mild. Well, for this San Antonio boy, not so much. <laughs> but we are thankful for the wonderful blessing of the changing of the seasons. Nice for it to get cool like it is. And uh, I'm a summer kind of guy, so I'll look forward to that. But for now, I appreciate uh, the wonder of winter as well. And it's much better, as we said, than it was a year ago at this time when we were in the middle of snowmageddon here in Texas. And um, I'm glad that we're not doing that. I hope that you're warm and cozy and healthy and happy wherever you are. And I hope that you are joyfully serving uh, the Lord. As we go through these Tuesday, Thursday Facebook studies, I invite you to join me live at three here on my Facebook page, or you can watch it uh, at any time just by scrolling down my page and looking at some of the previous ones. Or you can go to our website at westerwin.com. That's Irwin with an E R W I N. Westerwin.com on our social media and resources page. You can uh, click on the link that takes you to live streaming and scroll down a bit and look at video archive. And we have a bunch of sermons, a bunch of Facebook lessons, a bunch of even some of our previous services that are there and uh, encourage you to do that. If you would like to watch these, uh, you can see them also as well as on my Facebook page after they're finished. You can also see them on our West Irwin Church of Christ page on Facebook and also our West Irwin Live page on Facebook. I Share them over there and post them so that if you'd like to do it that way, that's great. Uh, this last uh, few weeks, we've been looking at the Israelites and their struggle in Egypt and then the deliverer Moses uh, standing up. And, and actually cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. But as we know, uh, Moses doesn't make that trip. He got, climbs up Nebo, but because of his own sinfulness and pride at times, it seems, God has told him, no, you're 120 years old and you've been a faithful leader, but uh, you're not going to get to go. But he did get to go up on the mountain and get a, a view of the promised land that he worked almost his uh, the last third certainly of his life uh, to lead the Israelites to. But at this point, not long before his death, Moses recounts a history of the Israelites uh, from the time that they were in Egypt uh, to the time that they uh, stood there uh, on the brink of fulfilling those promises from God. And
about these in, this incredible challenge that God gives to the Israelites through uh, his servant Moses, the great lawgiver. And in this passage, and, and in this lesson today, we actually get a glimpse into the heart of Moses. And we see his urgent call for obedience to God's law, uh, only recently given to the Israelites, but also uh, that, that challenge that if you disobey, it will not go well with you. And uh, he recounts that history so that the Israelites that are there will remember. And that's one of the key words in Deuteronomy, remember, do not forget. Do not forget what God has done for us. And remember all the blessings that he has given and remember the warnings that he has given if you disobey. So it's a, it's a great speech. It's a wonderful section in um, F. Lagard Smith's The Daily Bible in Chronological Order. Next week and starting tomorrow, I think we uh, begin reading his uh, wonderful uh, structured view uh, of the laws of Moses. And it's a great section as well. And we'll look through all of that, including some of the more meticulous ceremonial laws. But today, I want us to share a little bit about that history that Moses shares and also um, a little bit about that wonderful plea that he gives, not only to the Israelites, but to us, to be uh, children of God in an obedient, faithful way and not uh, allow ourselves to fall into disobedience to the point that God ultimately rejects us. That's the stern warning that he gives. But first of all, think with me for just a few moments about that history. Uh, you know, the Israelites were in Egypt because of the famine in the land when Jacob, or Israel, as his name was changed to, and his family were in uh, at their homeland. And uh, Joseph, of course, sold by his brothers, ended up as a slave and a prisoner in Egypt, and ultimately was able to uh, be released and be second in all of Egypt to Pharaoh himself because of his uh, willingness to hear God interpret the dreams of Pharaoh and actually to save the nation of Egypt and others as well for that upcoming famine. And because of that, Jacob, Israel, and his family all go to Egypt and are saved through Joseph's faithfulness. And um, the centuries go by as they're there for 400 years or so. And as uh, Exodus 1 begins, there arose a Pharaoh in Egypt who did not know Joseph and uh, didn't remember the story, didn't remember how wonderful uh, they were and how, how uh, important it was. them one, gave them Moses. Moses was born and uh, by the hand of God was able to be raised for his first 40 years in Egypt as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, uh, the grandson of Pharaoh himself. But then when it came time to choose, he chose God's people. Hebrews tells us he chose uh, poverty and uh, because he chose that over riches of the world, God provided him great blessings. So for the next 40 years of his life, he had to run out of there into the land of Midian, where he found, take it, he took a wife, had children, and, um, and then at age 80, he is encountered uh, by God at that burning bush. God tells him, go back. Pharaoh, let my people go. And 
Moses initially gives all those excuses as we saw around Exodus 3, but God ultimately tells him, go, you're my man, Aaron will help you, go. And, uh, and, and so Moses did, and he challenged Pharaoh. We remember the story of those 10 plagues. Moses recounts that and tells them how God delivered his people with a high and mighty uplifted hand. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. And ultimately, with the death of the firstborn, the Egyptians run the Israelites out, and the Israelites leave, but then they, um, the Egyptians have a change of heart, and they chase after them, as you know, <clears throat> with the Egyptian army behind them and the Red Sea before them, uh, the Israelites begin to clamor and complain, but God tells them, uh, go forward, and Moses raises his staff, and the, the Red Sea parts down the middle, and the people walk through on dry land, dry ground, but when the Egyptians, uh, the Egyptian army tries to do the same, uh, God brings the sea together, and they are all killed, and uh, a great time of deliverance. In the midst of that, uh, when they had done the death of the firstborn, the Israelites had observed the Passover uh, so that God's Spirit would pass over the houses marked with the blood of the Lamb as they ate, dressed, ready to travel, no uh, leaven found in the house. Uh, the bread literally would not have time to rise. And uh, finally, uh, Pharaoh acquiesced and said, go. And they did. And, uh, and they find themselves now on the other side of the Red Sea, uh, no longer with the Egyptians trying to catch them and, and kill them. And, uh, and so now... to drink he provides for them later Moses would say during these 40 during these 40 years um, your shoes never wore out we were never out of food or water God took care of us uh, and what a great great blessing that was but not the way some of the Israelites wanted and so throughout that time they griped and complained to God to Moses and uh, and we know this while Moses they ultimately find themselves at Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, and Moses, while he and Joshua are up on the mountain, the people down below convince Aaron uh, to build them a, a calf out of gold. And so they do that, and they prostrate themselves before that calf, and they say, Behold your God, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. It's a horrible, horrible moment. And God uh, destroys some of them, that will not choose the living God, but would rather have a God that's based on something you can see and feel and touch. And that's not the true and living creator. He saves them, of course, prays to God to forgive them, and he does. And, um, and they, and again, uh, they go on. And so Moses chooses those 12 spies, remember, to go and spy out the land of Canaan. And they do, and they come back and they say, wow, it is amazing. It's, it's a wonderful land. Uh, there's water, there's wells, there's, there's plants, there's these wonderful fruit that they brought back, clusters of grapes. But 10 of the, tri 10 of the uh, individuals from 10 of the tribes that were sent to spy out the land came back and they said, you know, we can't, we can't do it. It's a great land, but we can't do it because the people there are too big, too strong, too mighty. Their armies are too great. But two of the spies, Joshua uh, from the tribe of Ephraim 
and and Caleb from the tribe of Judah say, no, 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 we can do this. We can do this. God will provide. in the desert one year for each day that those spies were gone so 40 days becomes 40 years and that's how long uh, they are there in the desert and God promises not a single person from that adult generation that comes out of Egypt uh, will enter that promised land 40 years later except for the two faithful men Joshua and Caleb and as we have seen this past Tuesday that's exactly what happens so they continue on and we they, they hear instructions about the tabernacle. They build it, this moving tent that they can pack up and, and travel on. God leads them in a cloud uh, by day and a, and a cloud of fire by night and uh, helps them to know when to leave, when to go, when to stay. And, and they are able to, to do that. He establishes a priesthood uh, from Aaron and his descendants, Moses' brother, both descended from the tribe of Levi. And and becomes the priestly tribe, and the other Levites are uh, there to help. Uh, Aaron and his uh, descendants, the priests, will be the ones who will take care of the holy things that uh, are in the most holy place, such as the Ark of the Covenant, um, some of those things, and um, the Levites will be there to help them in some of the other things related to the Israelites' worship and the tabernacle. Uh, we read all about that tabernacle construction. We read the horrifying story of two of Aaron's sons, his two older sons, Nadab and Abihu, offering up strange, unauthorized fire and worship before the Lord, likely because of the influence of alcohol. And uh, they are immediately burned and, and killed with fire from heaven. And, um, and then Aaron's next two sons are called upon uh, to take their role, Eliezer and Phinehas. Um, and so we continue on. Uh, God sees that uh, there's a lot of work to do. And so uh, Moses chooses seven, the people choose 70 elders of the nation uh, to be a special committee to help him uh, as he is forced to uh, help people rule in certain cases and to understand God's will and God's law. And that becomes the initial Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. And we read uh, more about those who didn't like that, who didn't like the fact that Aaron and his family were taking special uh, privileges. And so some of the other Levites revolted and perhaps some of the ones, others from the other tribes. That he used as a walking stick to actually flower and bud and, and have uh, blooms and blossoms and even fruit grow from it so that they would know God had chosen Aaron. Uh, we read about that incident of the Israelites again clamoring and complaining and God sending poisonous snakes and the Israelites repenting and asking God, asking Moses to ask God to, to take those snakes away and God doesn't do it. Instead, he has Moses build a, bra a snake of brass, a bronze snake, and lift it up high so that everyone can see it. And even though he doesn't take the snakes away, even though he doesn't keep them from biting them, he does provide deliverance. And though they are bitten, they are not killed. John and Jesus will remember that as John records the words of Jesus in John 3. Uh, Jesus saying, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, 
so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that call to believe in him with trusting faith and to be able to have salvation and life. We read a bunch of other stories as we went on through. We saw uh, Moses and the Israelites having their first battles uh, with Sihon and Og, uh, two kings on the east side of the Jordan River. And uh, two and a half tribes, the tribes of, of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh say, you know, we like this, this spot, we'll, we'll take it. And uh, initially Moses is concerned, but they say, no, 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 we're, we'll go across the, the river with our brothers and fight for them so that they can have their inheritance. But then when we're done, we'll come back and we'll leave our, our women and our children and our livestock here and we have and under fortified towns. And, uh, and then we'll go and fight, and that becomes acceptable uh, to Moses. And so there's all of this happening, all of this going on. And then after Moses recounts all of this history, his stirring call is for them to remember that it will go well with you if you will be obedient, if you will obey the law of God and the word of God. But if you choose to disobey, God will allow that. But he will also reject you as his people. And, uh, and you will be punished just as those who opposed Moses and the Israelites and God himself had been punished as well. So before we close today, I want to do some reading. If you have your Bible, you may want to open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 4. We're going to read uh, several different passages. And, um, and I hope that as we read these words, you'll, you'll notice a few things. Number one, you'll hear Moses speaking from his heart. At 120 years old, having led these people now for 40 years, realizing that he won't go across the Jordan River with them, he leaves them his last words. He leaves them his final instructions. And it's a very impassioned plea for them to live obediently, for them to remember all of the ways that God had delivered rebelled. And Moses pleads with the people that when they go into that promised land, that they will continue to remember the Lord and that they will not forget to be obedient to all of his laws. many of these passages. So with that, uh, let's begin to read. First of all, we'll read from Deuteronomy chapter 4, the first two verses, Deuteronomy 4, 1 and 2. <clears throat> now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it. But keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Probably reminding you of Revelation 22 verses 18 and 19 when John is told, Do not add to or take away from these words. And then gives that message to the people of God, including us today. We are not to add to or subtract from this incredible 
word of God. Uh, next, I want us to read from chapter 6, and this is a, a wonderful chapter that calls on us to love God with everything that we have and are, and to pass that uh, desire along to our children and our grandchildren. And so follow along with me. I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I read from the New International Version. These are the commands by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that it may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Now Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and following. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Jews call the sacred Shema, that call to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. What Jesus would say in the New Testament when during his life is the greatest commandment, followed up by the second one that's like it, love your neighbor as yourself, from Leviticus 19, verse 18. Here is this call to love the Lord, our God, and also to pass that along to our children. To have reminders everywhere, uh, such as the, the uh, things that you see behind me, that, that top um, uh, 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 item on the wall that has a picture of the Last Supper, and also two of those great uh, scriptures from the, the Gospel of John hung in my grandmother's house, my grandma mom's house uh, in Beach Grove, Texas, uh, on the outskirts of uh, Jasper. Uh, and I remember seeing that as a boy growing up whenever we would go visit her. That's that kind of thing that you put on your wall that is exactly what Moses is talking about here. Put reminders up around you of the word of God so that you will remember and so that your children and your grandchildren will remember. Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see, when you're in the wilderness and you're relying on God at every moment, it's hard to forget, <laughs> but when you're in that promised land and you're providing your own way and things are good, will you remember? That's what Moses is asking, and that's what Walter Brueggemann asks in his wonderful book, The Land, when he asks the question, the very haunting question, will only the hungry listen? That's what Moses is concerned about. He's worried that once they get out of the wilderness, out of that 24-7 reliance upon God in a very concrete way, and they cross the Jordan and they go into that promised land, and now they're in houses and they have vineyards and uh, olive groves and 
uh, livestock and everything else, will they still remember? Will only the hungry listen? We are a people that's not really hungry. Do we listen? Will we listen? And will we teach our children and our grandchildren to listen? That's what Moses is concerned about. Deuteronomy 6 verse 13. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa, one of the places where they griped and complained and were punished. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all your enemies before you, as the Lord said. Verse 20 of Deuteronomy 6. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God, so that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. We continue on, reading in chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. Deuteronomy 7, verse 7. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. But those who hate him, he will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate them, hate him. Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. If you pay attention to these laws, and are careful to follow them. Then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine and olive oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Deuteronomy 7 affirms in very clear language it wasn't because of anything you did Oh, Israel, that God chose you to be his special people, his special possession. But it was because the Lord loved you. It's because the Lord loved Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and because the Lord was faithful and always is faithful to his promises. It's because the Lord And if you will continue to love him and serve him wholeheartedly, Moses says, he will always love you and bless you. Uh, the call goes out to us today as well. 
turn forward a few chapters to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10, first of all, verses 12 and 13. A great summary statement for Old and New Testament types uh, times. Deuteronomy 10, 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees in you today for your own good. It's the call in the middle of the Old Testament at the time, at the beginning of the time of Moses and the law, when uh, God says, here's what you are called to do, to love me, to serve me, to be obedient to me, to trust me. Uh, what a great, great statement. We continue on in Deuteronomy 10, verse 14. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them. And he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. Deuteronomy 10, verse 16. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. We are almost surprised, I think, to hear that call that we, we think the Old Testament is just externals and, and ceremonies and all of that. And yet the Israelites from the time of Moses were called, circumcise your hearts. Circumcise your hearts. Give me everything that you have. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, God had said. Circumcise your hearts the Lord says. And then in Deuteronomy 10, beginning at verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. We'll see that in the law to come. Verse 19, and you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God, verse 20, and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. 600,000 just fighting men not even counting the tribe of Levi. An amazing, amazing blessing. And then finally, we read from one more chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 11. First of all, verse 1. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Just as true and appropriate uh, today as it ever was, including when Moses spoke these words shortly before his death, shortly before the Israelites go into the promised land without him. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not 
known. It's a choice. Blessings Obedience or disobedience. Life or death. And then finally, these words in Deuteronomy 11, verses 31 and 32, and this will close our study. You are about to cross the Jordan to enter and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. When you have taken it over and are living there, be sure that you obey all the decrees and laws I am setting before you today. May God help us today do the same. I'll see you next week.